Thank you for joining us today and a big thank you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear, recommended as best leggings for running by Women's Fitness Magazine. Karen and I have been trialing their designs for a few months and we can happily recommend them. All designs are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Activewear, please use our listeners special discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at amazingjane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. Hello, today we've got two interesting questions from listeners to review. One is all about time-restricted eating and how that fits in with run training. And the second question is to help a runner avoid a repeat of hitting the wall, which she experienced during her last marathon. We hope you find our answers helpful. Hello and welcome to She Runs, Eats, Performs. I'm Aileen Smith and I co-host our show with my very good friend and business partner, Karen Campbell. We're both professional nutritionists and our spare time we're runners. Our show is dedicated to you, a female midlife runner. The menopause transition is a challenging time for many women and no one wants this phase of life to affect their well-being or indeed their running. As midlife women, Karen and I know what you might be experiencing and we also know how transformational good nutrition is at this stage of life. Our approach is to swap magic bullet advice for evidence-based nutritional science. We focus on real food and strategic food choices so you can enjoy your running and be your best. We hope that our episode topics are helpful to you. However, if you'd like professional help from us, please book a complimentary work with us call at runnershealthhub.com. The suggestions we make during this episode are for guidance and advice only and are not a substitute for medical advice or treatment. If you have any concerns regarding your health, please contact your healthcare professional for advice as soon as possible. Hi everyone, I'm Karen and I'm here with Aileen as always. And today we are answering some questions posed by our listeners. But before we get started, I would just like to welcome back our regular listeners. And if you are listening for the first time, a really warm welcome to you. And we hope you enjoy this episode and all the others that have gone before and the many more to follow. Aileen and I really enjoy our podcasting, but we also love it when we hear from you. So please do drop us a line at hello at runners health hub introduce yourself and maybe share a little bit about your running and your nutrition goals because it really does help us plan future topics for the podcast so like i say today is a listener's nutrition clinic so we're where we're answering uh, questions that have been posed by our listeners and this is the seventh one now that we're doing now these episodes are really dedicated to you so if you do have any questions that you would like us to answer then please do get in touch at hello at runnershubhub.com and um, and give us the questions that you would like us to answer So what we'll do is we'll share our insights and tips that will hopefully support the individual posing the questions, but also give everybody some food for thought. So Aileen, hi to you. And I just wondered if you could tell us what questions we are going to be answering today. Hi, Karen. Hi, everyone. Uh, Yes, we've got two interesting questions to discuss today. And the first one is all about fueling for a half marathon uh, while you follow a time restricted eating plan. Um, So that'll be an interesting discussion point. And then the second question 
is again very interesting how to prevent hitting the wall in a marathon uh, which is everybody's worst fear so um so we'll start with the first question and it's from Alison and she is running her first half marathon next spring uh, she's an early morning runner and she usually runs in the fastest state and also she never eats before noon because she's been following a time restricted eating plan and her eating uh, times are usually between noon and 8 p.m every day and she's been following this food plan approach for over 12 months so she's uh, very used to it and she uses it to manage her weight but the reason that she's asking the question is she knows she's going to have to make some adaptations for a training and for race day and she's looking for some tips and advice so Karen uh, this is a, an interesting topic what what's what's your thoughts yeah, it is really interesting, Eileen. And what I would say is that it's great that Alison is preparing for her first half marathon. Um, but there are definitely some adaptations that we'll suggest for Alison, especially regarding that time restricted eating food plan to ensure really that she has a successful training and also a successful race day. And I think it's also good to hear that Alison is open to making the changes um, because that is going to be really important to consider around her pre, during, post fueling when her distances and her duration of running start to increase. Now, there are two potential approaches that Alison could consider. The first one is that she could consider changing her run training so that that takes place during her eating window, so between that midday and eight o'clock, or what she could think about is on the days where she's doing her longer runs, she could change her eating plan. So maybe her eating window could still be eight hours, but moving that to earlier in the day, or she could potentially have a longer eating window during those, um, on those days when she's doing the longer runs. Now, I think it would also be key to mirror the approximate timings for race day. And by that, I mean, if the start time is early in the day, it would be really good to practice fueling for training during that similar time frame. And most races do tend to start in the morning, so it might be more beneficial for her to start to move the, um, the eating window to earlier in the day. Yeah, particularly on her long run days, really. That's what we're talking about. So I think she would be fine uh, to eat uh, as she as she's been doing on the days where she's doing a shorter training runs, but not on the long run day. So, yeah, really great ways of adapting. So there's no reason why um, she shouldn't be able to do that. So uh, another consideration uh, just to take on board, Alison, is that, um, you know, you've been following this plan for, for 12 months. Um, so you're probably your body's not used to eating early in the day. Uh, so it's going to take your digestive system a little bit of time to get used to a changing eating patterns. So it's really important to start trialing with small quantities of food and start to build that up gradually. So don't go full on uh, on the first day that you change it. Just sort of take a few weeks. And it's great that you've got several months to practice uh, these nutritional changes. You know, it's a textbook, really, because uh, a lot of people don't think about doing it until 
the last uh, the last couple of weeks. So it's really fantastic that you, you're thinking ahead. And I think as long as you make a plan and you practice, everything's going to go really smoothly. Um, now, we, we've done an episode on intermittent fasting, which covers uh, the time-restricted eating windows, and that's episode 18. Uh, so we'll put a link in the show notes uh, for anybody who's interested in listening to that. Uh, there are a few tips to think about. Um, so um, it's always important to remember to uh, not to run on empty or to run faster unless it's an easy run, which is less than 90 minutes. Um, remember to build up um, to, or to build in post uh, post run recovery fueling. So um, it's not just what you eat before and during. You've got to remember what you eat after, and that's going to help you uh, recover effectively. When you are following any kind of uh, food plan, uh, always choose healthy foods, so no processed or junk food. Um, I think sometimes there's a temptation for some people when they're doing uh, time-restricted eating that they think they can get away with eating anything as long as it's within the window, but we would always advocate um, choosing healthy food and following plate balance. So remember the macronutrients and the micronutrients um, and getting those in balance. And um, yeah, having a timed routine for your meals and snacks within the eating window. So don't just, um, you know, eat the food all the time or like a grazing approach during the eating window. So decide, you know, whether you're having two or three meals or snacks and, and have those at regular intervals. And I think really important is just to listen to your body. I and respond and adapt. So don't be too rigid with the eating window on training days. Um, you might find that it's actually easier just to have a longer eating window on those days. And if you experience sort of any negative effects on performance, on energy levels, or just general well-being, then remember, listen to your body and adjust your approach. Um, and uh, that will stand you in good stead. And uh, hopefully those suggestions will help Alison. Yeah, some really good tips there, Alien. And um, we do have lots of episodes as well on the pre, the during and the post-run fueling. So, Alison, if you do need any help with this, do let us know and we'll point you towards the, the best episodes for you. Now, one of our free nutrition guides, we've got several nutrition guides, but one of them is top running snacks and nutrient timing to help fuel your running, which might be helpful for Alison as well. And that really goes alongside much of the advice that we share, that we're sharing in this episode, but also um, other episodes as well. Like I said, we've got various nutrition guides available to Alison, but to everybody, and you can access them all at our website. Uh, so that's just as a reminder, runnershealthhub.com. Just click on free nutrition guides on the top menu bar of the homepage and, um, and, and we'll send that through to you. And we really do hope that that helps, um, helps Alison, helps um, everybody else. So at this point, Aileen, I was just thinking that we could maybe take a pause for a quick advert break. Yeah, sure, Karen. So this is the moment in the episode where we just take a, a, a short time just to tell you a little bit about what Karen and I do outside of the podcast. And we always hope that the information that we share and the practical suggestions will really help you in supporting and achieving your health and running goals. But we do know that some of you would like to have some personalised input to help 
uh, with nutrition and food plans and uh, you don't know what help you actually need. So the way to uh, get around that is to book um, our um, free work with us call and um, we can explain to you uh, what what we think would be best to help you with your nutrition and running goals. But what today what I wanted to do was um, let you all know that we've um, we've recently added a food diary review call to our range of services, and uh, that's a, a really helpful way to get some one-to-one uh, -one input onto what you're eating on a day-to-day -day basis and how that fits in with your uh, run training. So it's a 45-minute Zoom consultation. Uh, we review um, a, a short food diary, so a three-day food diary alongside your run training plan, and we can make suggestions on how you can make some easy changes to your food choices and also the timing of your eating to support running performance and health goals. So I thought I'd tell you a little bit about one of our clients who is called Janet and um, she booked a, a food diary review call with us. And the reason that she did that was she was really confused about the best time to eat to fuel her evening training runs uh, because she never felt that she had the energy to run. And she also never felt like eating after a run training. So it was a bit like a vicious circle, really. So we were able to advise Janet on what to eat during the day. So she actually felt energized before her evening run. And we were also able to suggest some lighter, easy to digest meals that she could have um, after her run so that her recovery was good. And uh, that was a great way of, of solving her problems. So as I said, an easy way to find out how we can help you is to book a free work with us call so that we can find out more about you and we can suggest what service would be of most benefit to you. So there's no pressure to buy if you book a call, but if you would like some professional help, Karen and I are here for you. And again, you can find the booking link on our website, runnershealthhub.com at the work with us page. And uh, if you prefer, if you can't find that, then just drop us a, an email at hello at runnershealthhub.com. And remember, if you are uh, living in a different time zone to the UK, just remember that we can accommodate you both for a call or for any of our programs or services. And if you can't see a time in the diary that suits you, then uh, just drop us an email and we'll uh, accommodate you. Great. Thanks, Aileen. OK, so now let's move on to our next question, which came from Janine, who ran her first marathon back in 2018. Now, unfortunately, Janine didn't finish the race because she hit the wall and she said it was a really horrible experience. And she's always felt cheated that she didn't achieve her dream running goal. Now, she is a really determined lady and she's recently retired and decided that she's going to give it another go. But this time really wants to do everything she can to avoid hitting the wall again, including managing her nutrition. Now, Janine was asking us for our tips and our advice so that she doesn't hit the wall and, and on her next attempt. So, Aileen, what are your thoughts on this? Well, first of all, kudos to Janine for not giving up on a dream goal, because I think hitting the wall or bonking, as it, it's sometimes called, is a pretty horrible experience. And it usually occurs around about the 19, 20 mile mark. And, uh, if, you know, if, if you've not uh, had that experience, you may have heard other runners talk about it. And, um, 
what happens when someone hits the wall, the kind of experience they're likely to have is like an overwhelming feeling of heaviness in the legs. They they obviously uh, don't want to run. They, they they want to walk. They lack concentration, and and also they they're just feeling really desperate. You know, feelings of despair. Um, so it's well known that the root cause of this sudden onset um, of this hitting the wall or bonking is is a, a debilitating fatigue that just comes on really quickly. That's why it's called hitting the wall. You know, it just comes from nowhere. And it's it's due to a lack of available fuel. So basically the body's glycogen stores are depleted. Now we did an episode on this topic, episode hundred. So that would be a really good episode to listen to Janine and, and anybody else out there who's interested in the topic. Um, so what you've got to think about is that carbohydrates are a limiting factor in running performance. And so hitting the wall is potentially a consequence of not fueling appropriately. Um, so that's sort of a little bit of an overview about why it might have happened. So, Karen, what other considerations would you uh, have if um, you were talking to Janine? Yes, well, just listening to you, Aileen, if I was to work with Janine, I'd like to know more about her first marathon and identify what she's learned from that experience. Now, this might involve identifying potential pacing mistakes that she made before and also looking at what her hydration and her nutrition was um, pre and during the race. So the three areas that I would want to look at are her run training plan and her race plan, her nutrition during training throughout her training and on race day. But as well, I would want to look at her mental preparation because that is also really important. Um, Now, as we always say, we are not professional running coaches. Our area of expertise is nutrition. So anything that we share regarding run training is based on our personal experiences or from working with other runners. So some tips for training and race day planning that I would be um, discussing with Janine would be to follow a well-structured training plan that gradually increases mileage. Um, It also, you would want to be looking at including different types of running. So long runs, tempo runs, speed workouts. So you've got that skill-based training in there as well. But also, what I think is really, really important, is incorporating rest days for recovery as well. At least one rest day a week, potentially two. And this will really help to optimise endurance and overall fitness. Now, on race day, one strategy may be to start the race at a manageable pace to avoid burning out early on and and also linked to that, maybe considering a negative split. So that means running the second half of the race slightly faster than the first. So you're conserving your energy earlier in the race. So you've still got enough later in the race. Um, And now for Janine and anybody else that suffers with this, it might be a good idea to consider consulting with a running coach to support you in building up appropriately. Now, if you do need any suggestions, then do get in touch with us because we've got the names of, of various running coaches that we would recommend. So those would be my initial um tips and um conversation with Janine Aileen. 
Great. And uh, yeah, it's interesting that uh, mental preparation is part of that too. Mm. Um, so, you know, as, as we've mentioned before, we've got lots of episodes uh, on many different topics, but uh, there's a lot of episodes focusing on nutrition for marathon running, both for training and for race day. Um, but it's always worth highlighting that the two nutrition factors that are associated with hitting the wall uh, and that's the carbohydrate consumption that I mentioned earlier and also hydration so it's really crucial that Janine sorry pays attention to the these factors when she's training and also during the race so let's just dig a bit deeper Karen into carbohydrates um, what what are the key things to think about there yeah, Alien, before I answer that question, I just want to to bring in the fact that our listeners might hear this noise in the background and when they're listening to this episode. I don't know if you can hear it, Alien, but there's work going on outside and every now and again they seem to be using a, a drill or something and um, and I can hear it. So I wonder if you and the listeners can hear it. So I do apologise if uh, there is any disturbance in your enjoyment of um, of this episode due to that. Oh, don't worry about it, Karen. There is a very slight noise, but hopefully uh, it's not going to be too disturbing. No, hopefully everybody can still hear my voice. So, Ailey, you were asking about the key points about um, carbohydrates. So, just thinking about that, the body can only store a limited amount of carbohydrates and it's stored as glycogen and that's stored mostly in the liver, but also in our skeletal muscles. And that is why it is known as a limiting factor in running performance because that storage capacity is limited. So in the event of hitting the wall, the key factor that is thought to be poor race nutrition, which then leads to the glycogen tank, so our fuel tank, becoming empty as the runner um, reaches that sort of, you said, about 19 to 20 mile mark. So that is the, that, you know, an outline of what that phenomenon is thought to be. Okay, so if that's, you know, that's going to be something that every marathon runner needs to think about. So mm. what would be the nutrition strategy that they should take on board to help prevent this, Karen? Yeah, well, like we always say, Aileen, it's about the, the fueling pre and during the marathon. And that is really imperative. And it's it's important to increase your carb intake in the days leading up to the marathon event as well, so that you're what they call carbohydrate supercompensation. So you're really um, ensuring that you're taking on um, it is sufficient carbohydrates, so you've got optimal storage as well as as free flowing. Um, and and thinking about our athletes' plates here, I would say using the heavy training athletes' plate as a guidance would be a really good idea. Now, thinking about the pre-race fueling, the aim of the pre-race meal and or snack is to maximise the glycogen stores and also the ready available glucose by consuming sufficient carbohydrates so that you're optimising the fuel availability for the race. Now, this is particularly important, I would say, for events starting in the morning because um, 
carbohydrate intake can restore the liver glycogen following an overnight fast because we deplete a lot of our stores of carbohydrates in the liver during the night. The liver is really active at that point in time. And also it's about providing an ongoing supply of carbohydrate for the digestive system. Now, thinking about Janine, ideally, she should maybe consider uh, planning her pre-race meal and having that approximately two hours before the start of the race. Um, And a carb-rich meal, it would need to be including some easy-to-digest protein. So an example might be a bowl of porridge with some nut butter and yogurt, or maybe having eggs with um, toast, and then having a quick release carbohydrate snack roughly around 30 minutes before the start of the race. Um, and, and that's a really simplistic description, but gives you an idea of what to eat and when to eat it. Now, if we were to work professionally with Janine, we'd really assess what her personal requirements were for carbohydrate intake and also help her create a race day timeline, including travelling time and the potential waiting time that she might have at um, the start before the race actually begins. So lots to to consider, actually, pre-race to make sure that you're optimally fueled during the race. Yeah, absolutely. And and then, you know, you've got to think about what you're going to do during the race. And, and that's pretty vital. Mm-hmm. So we'd suggest consuming a quick release carbohydrate at the rate of between 30 to 60 grams of carbohydrate every 45 minutes. Um, now, the, the important thing is to start fueling early into the race and then fuel at regular intervals throughout the race. So, you know, some people every 45 minutes is fine other people prefer to fuel every 30 minutes and and other people like a slightly longer interval so it's about learning what is good for you and and what you perform best on and that's why practicing and training is so important um now we give lots of uh, real food examples in the free ebook top running snacks and nutrient timing that uh, we mentioned earlier in the episode uh, but if you do prefer to have commercial gels rather than real food then we'd suggest that you choose brands which use natural ingredients uh, but the most important thing um, is to practice over and over during training um, and that's really just so that your body is used to digesting this amount of carbohydrate because it is quite a lot of carbohydrate and you need to learn how to digest it while you're running and that's going to limit the possibility of any digestive distress or any other symptoms that uh, might be caused by eating or drinking during a race like cramps or a stitch. Um, Now we do have lots of episodes about uh, fueling pre and uh, during distance events and training uh, so it's really important to go back and listen to some of those so one that you might be interested in Janine is episode 93 which is fueling marathon running um, so we, we suggest you listen to that and if you need any more help there's there's others that we can direct you to and the other thing that we mentioned earlier is how important hydration is and also uh, the need for electrolytes as part of the hydration strategy now the electrolytes will be your requirements will be individualized to to you and also to uh, the climate on the day but you you need to practice that in training as well um so 
just remember to increase fluid intake if weather conditions are hot. So, um, you know, that's important for training runs as well as uh, the, the big day, the big race. Um, and also remember to um, adjust your fluid intake if you've got a high sweat rate. Um, now, for some people, it, it's often preferable to have small amounts taken in uh, regularly, especially if you're a fast runner and you might find it difficult to drink large volumes of water. So, um, you know, have it available and sip it regularly uh, throughout throughout your training run and on race day. Um, so that, that covers carbohydrate and, and hydration. So, Karen, I'm, I'm really interested in the advice that you would give about mental preparation. Yeah. And like we said at the beginning, you know, that the mental preparation is really key as well. And actually being able to to run that distance because it is a long way. Now, it is thought that if a runner can recognize the early signs leading up to um, hitting the wall, then they might be able to take some remedial action to prevent it. So having thought the potential scenario through before a race is thought to be able to help a runner in the moment uh, in being able to deal with it. Now, sports psychologists recommend staying in the present and using what they class as an associative strategy to push through hitting the wall. So, for example, they give an example of focusing on the race and focusing and thinking about what is happening in the body and ways it might adapt to the situation. Also, a runner could maybe talk to themselves. And so, for example, maybe asking questions like, have I had an energy drink recently? Or have I eaten anything lately? Or Maybe could I vary my pace slightly uh, if if going too fast? Check and see, are you doing the negative split, pulling back? And that can um, be really helpful. Now, we do go into this subject uh, in a bit more detail in episode 100. So if sort of mental preparation for, for race day is something that you struggle with or you'd just like to know more about, then listening to episode um, 100 would be really helpful. Now, it's it's important to remember that, as always with everything, each individual is different. So, Janine, I would say, you know, it's important to experiment with different strategies during your training to find out what works best for you and for your body and I would just like to finish by saying good luck with um, the marathon Janine and um, and also on your marathon training journey do keep in touch let us know how it's going so um, so that really brings us to the end of today's listeners nutrition clinic and remember, if you if you do have a question around your training, your health or nutrition, and you'd like to be featured in our next listeners episode, please do get in touch with us at hello at runnershealthhub.com and let us know what you'd like us to, what question you would like to um, have answered. So we look forward to hearing from you um, about that. Now, Aileen, just before we go, I was just wondering what you would say is one key takeaway that listeners could consider following um, from today's episode? 
Yeah, well, I think the important thing to consider for all runners is that generic advice is really helpful, but you will get a much better result if you're able to personalise nutritional advice to suit you and your goals, to suit your training, your race and your lifestyle. So that's where the um, practising uh, what works for you will really help and fine tuning. Um, however, if you would like some expert input, please book a call with us um, because we'd, we'd love to help you. Uh, with whatever your your big goal is. Great. Thanks very much, Aileen. And thanks um, for today. And hopefully Janine has um, and Alison have both got some support from um, today's questions and answers. And everybody else as well has gained some um, education and learning from it. And remember, everyone, don't let nutrition be the limiting factor in your running performance. Thanks for joining us today on She Runs Eats Performs. We hope you've enjoyed this episode and will join us again soon. Before you go, please listen to the end to hear more about Amazing Jane Activewear and why their leggings were voted best for runners by Women's Fitness. Once again, thanks for listening and have a great week. We'd like to introduce you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear for Women's Changing Bodies recommended as best leggings for running by women's fitness magazine we think they have everything a female runner needs first of all they're high compression to support your legs and bum they have a deep waistband so they stay up and they don't move about when you run there's a handy left pocket for your phone and a zip pocket on the waistband which is great for your cards or a key they also have a hidden tracker pocket for storing a gps tracking device and this is a unique safety feature All Amazing Jane designs, including tanks and tops, are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. Karen and I have been trialling wearing their range for a few months and we can happily recommend them. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Activewear, please use our listeners' special discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at AmazingJane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. Thanks again to Amazing Jane Activewear for being our show sponsor and for sharing discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases.